Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. My name is Daniel Bader, and you are listening to The Review, a podcast about products and the way they change our lives. This week, we are talking about the BlackBerry Priv. And uh, to talk about it, uh, I think we have to talk a little bit about me and my relationship with BlackBerry. And, and I think a lot of people's relationships with BlackBerry, especially um, Canadians and those who sort of grew up learning about technology and, and what it meant to be mobile uh in the in, in the rise of in the light of blackberry's ascent my first smartphone was a blackberry pearl uh it was not a great phone the the pearl 8100 it was um it bought it in 2008 in in march and i had just come from a uh, an LG Shine, and the Shine was uh, the first Rogers phone, I believe, with video calling. And it was a nice phone. It was uh, metal. It was well-made, uh, but it didn't do much. It had a nice color display. But really, what I kept hearing from my friends was that you needed to upgrade to a BlackBerry. A BlackBerry was the way of the future. It meant unbelievably fast communication. It meant this burgeoning um, platform, this messaging nirvana called BBM. And as more and more of my friends started buying Blackberries, the idea of ecosystem lock-in became uh, something that I understood and something that would really impact me in the future. So I bought this BlackBerry Pearl, and uh, if you've ever owned a Pearl, if you ever f knew what it felt like, it was probably one of the worst-made handsets of all time. I mean, BlackBerry did not spend money on this. It was all... F for them, the Pearl was the cheap and cheerful, uh, the the entry-level, the, the way for people to learn about the company without really investing in it. Because at the time, uh, the, the curve line was, was, the, was the way um, to get into the, the pockets of the, the CEOs and, and the, the high-powered business people of the world. But for me, as somebody who was just coming into this, this world as a, as a young adult, as a consumer, um, you know, as somebody who was just buying his first data plan, the Pearl was a, a great entry level, but it was plastic, the keys were squishy, and as good as the uh, autocorrect was, the predictive engine was, 
it didn't really hold a candle to the full-size keyboards that were available at the time, but until I really got to using them, I didn't know. So fast forward about eight months and, or six months and you hear about the BlackBerry Bold. And this is the first Bold, the Bold 9000. Great phone. It had that uh, leather back. It was had a beautiful high resolution display for the time. Uh, and it had an upgraded trackball. Now the trackball in the Pearl was pretty famous for getting stuck. You would put it in a pocket day after day and a few weeks later it would barely move because all that lint got stuck in there. Now the Bold was not uh, completely free of this problem but it was certainly a better made phone and that keyboard, that luscious um, full-sized keyboard, it was you could type novels on that thing and I, I still know people today who never really wanted to upgrade from that original Bold and I see one or two of them a year hanging around even though they're probably long obsolete and BlackBerry would probably prefer that you leave them behind in favor of the classic. But I bring this up to say that my first experience with the smartphone was was with BlackBerry. And f for a while that was my main phone and then I heard about this operating system uh, in 2009 called Android and, and Android just celebrated its eighth anniversary first two phones that uh, were released in Canada in June 2009 were the HTC Magic and HTC Dream. The Dream obviously had that trackball and that keyboard. So the first Android phones were really facsimiles of BlackBerry and to a lesser extent Sidekick devices that uh, were what we thought of as a, a smartphone. They, they had, um, you know, this was a capacitive display the the magic and the dream had capacitive displays um, but that was a response to the iPhone which debuted a capacitive display in 2007 obviously not the first capacitive display don't email me telling me that I'm wrong I understand but the iPhone was really the first major device a big uh, well-known device with a capacitive display which meant you didn't really need the stylus anymore so you know Blackberry's um, at the time were not touchscreen yet. They were still using those trackballs and later the trackpads. And as I transitioned over to Android, I discovered uh, the beauty of tweaking, of rooting. I bought my first Android phone in 2010. In February, it was the H it was the Motorola Milestone. So here I am, six minutes in, and I haven't spoken at all about the Priv. But I need to I needed to to preface what I'm going to say by by saying that the idea of a BlackBerry phone running Android is is just is is as exciting to me as I'm sure it is to a lot of you listening because that, for lack of a better word, synergy uh, was a long time coming. But BlackBerry stubbornly maintained that its proprietary operating system was a better solution uh, in the short term and long term, and you know, for a while it could have been, and uh, it could have been a viable third ecosystem behind Android and iOS, but the development community never really took to it. The native development tools that BlackBerry built with BB10 were actually really good. Cascades was uh, a great solution for native apps. They looked good. They were optimized for the Qnix kernel, uh, and without getting too um, technical, they were really 
perfectly designed for the form factors and blackberry said okay we're not going to throw a million different screen sizes and re resolutions at you like android did at the time uh, we had a one-to-one -one aspect ratio with the q10 and a 16 by 9 aspect ratio with the z10 and over the course of a few years they updated those form factors to include higher resolution displays but those were the two predominant aspect ratios for blackberry and for a while things seemed to be going okay but blackberry's market share started dipping and dipping even more and by the time the z10 was released in 2013 they really only had under six percent in the u.s today that number is under one percent and i'm going to bring up the u.s market because really it's a far more important market than than canada blackberry has always been popular in canada i think uh, the last check it was still uh, just below 10 percent market share in canada but for until a, until a couple of years ago it was in the 25 to 35 percent range depending on the on the province so blackberry's um, presence uh, market share in canada has never quite abated as quickly as it did in the u.s but its mind share in canada has been very high uh, blackberry's travails have been well documented uh, there's a book losing the signal that details everything that happened the ups and downs of the um the balsili and lazaridis era all the way to thorsten Hines and now john chen but what we see in blackberry is a company that is admitting that it went if not wrong then it took too long to modernize so it's a much smaller company now it's a company focused on software and services and nine minutes in to this podcast we have the blackberry priv so the priv was announced uh earlier this year it got released last week i've been working on this review all week it's been uh, one of the most onerous reviews i've done because i really wanted to be honest with myself about how i felt you know there was a part of the the excited younger daniel who really wanted to look at this phone and say Blackberry's really done what I wanted them to do. I love those physical keyboards. I love the fact that they have now adopted this uh, fairly stock Android build. And the more I used it, the more confused I was by it because I like the phone. I think it's a great device. It's got a beautiful 5.4-inch uh, QHD display. It has a Snapdragon 808 chip. It's got 3 gigs of RAM, a great 18 megapixel IMX 230 sensor, uh, an f2.2 lens. It's got optical image stabilization. It's got a big 34 10 milliamp hour battery. I mean, this is a spec house uh, for people who love that kind of thing. But it's also, it's really considerate in its design. It's not too big. Uh, the smart slide mechanism that um, that unveils the full-size keyboard is elegant it does not feel like it's going to break uh, the soft touch back is really nice it's grippy feels good in the hand my demo unit has a bit of a creak to it but i've tried other people's and um, blackberry assures me that subsequent productions of the device are not going to be as um, as plastic feeling so i can't really fault them for that but what i'm concerned about is that the claims they make about the security hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, of the priv and its superiority over the rest of the Android crop is overstated at worst and a complete lie at, at best or the other way around, uh, overstated at best and a complete lie at worst. What happened is that BlackBerry says they've hardened the Linux kernel. They've patched a bunch of the exploits that Google doesn't typically take um, or patched a bunch of the, the, the vulnerabilities, not exploits, that Google doesn't always take when it updates the Android kernel with new versions. Uh, but what I've discovered from a bunch of researchers um, these are uh, security researchers, and uh, they're independent of BlackBerry. They uh, are numerous, and I have uh, links to them in the review. Uh, is that BlackBerry really didn't follow through with that hardening? They're sort of overstating how much improved the Android kernel is uh, over, say, a, a new, you know, Samsung device. Moreover, the user space, the actual operating system is not more secure than it is on, say, a Nexus 6P because the Priv runs Android 5.1.1 Lollipop out of the box, which means that they're missing a whole bunch of the security features that uh, Google brought to Android with uh, Marshmallow. Fine, the Priv will be updated in the next few months. That's great. But what it means is that BlackBerry's main element of differentiation, aside from the physical keyboard, is sort of just a, you know easy to dismiss. It's actually kind of overstated. And because Samsung does many of the same things, it has a secure, uh, secure Android uh, boot method. It's got a lot of its own kernel hardening uh, methods. It has um, its own equivalent of Android for Work called Knox uh, Workspaces. It, you know, does m most of what the Priv does. Uh, it has its own sort of uh, Android health meter that you can look at in the in the Knox app. So, you know, what does the Priv offer? It it offers a number of BlackBerry software uh, with the Hub, and they've done a good job with the Hub. I think that. BlackBerry actually has made one of the best third-party email apps that you can download. But here's the thing. It's an Android phone. I mean, when you, if you bought a BlackBerry device over the last couple of years, you scrambled, you, you went to the BlackBerry uh, app world, you tried to find great uh, native apps. Then once they started preloading the Amazon App Store or they started supporting uh, Android apps through the Android player, you started trying to download all of these third-party apps to give it the best experience. But ultimately, uh, you know, you didn't have Google Play services. Many of the apps relied on Google Play services. Many of the apps didn't support notifications. So if you relied on those, you, you wouldn't get them in the, in the uh, BlackBerry Hub. So these were the kinds of things that you really had to work at on BlackBerry 10 to make it even 
marginally usable unless you were just sticking to, to emails and text messages and Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and WhatsApp and BBM. So, I mean, those were the core messaging uh, tools that you had, but ultimately you didn't have Slack. There were a bunch of other uh, apps that over the years I started relying on on iOS and Android that I couldn't get on, Andro on, on BlackBerry 10. So here we are now with a device that is a you know honest to goodness android device it's google certified it's got all the great stuff but a google certified device means that you get gmail pre-installed that when you load a device for the first time you log in with a gmail app it starts syncing your gmail starts syncing your other email if you've already loaded it there you are essentially duplicating that by logging into the blackberry hub similarly with device search uh, it's a way to find content in your email and your calendar uh, through the internet that is essentially a duplicate feature because of google now so you have yet another feature that blackberry is really taking care to port over to android and it works really well but what is its value if google has it integrated right into the operating system and it does it quite a lot better then we have things like you know the calendar the tasks the Note app, I mean, these are great, but they're nothing special when you have Wonderlist, when you have Todoist, when you have Evernote, when you have all these fantastic native apps that do the same job, plus Google's own services. They have its own, they have their own calendar app. They have Google Keep. Uh, so why buy the Priv? What makes it a great phone? Well, it is secure. That's true. Uh, maybe not more so than an average Android phone, but it's still more secure. It's got a great screen. Okay, so does so do most high-end Android phones. It's got a great camera. Okay, so do most Android phones these days. Uh, it's got decent performance, though it's still a bit buggy and occasionally slow. But hey, what Android phone isn't these days? So how do you sell this product? And that's really what it comes down to. My best moments on the Priv were when it felt like a cohesive whole, when it really to me felt like I was using a mini computer. Um, and I know that every phone today is a mini computer. You know, you have the ability to do so much with these devices. And because everything is connected, because you're integrated into these various ecosystems, be it iOS, Android, or the um, top level ones like Dropbox, Evernote, um, you know, all the Microsoft services are available across platforms. So you have these these platform integrations that you can get on basically any phone. And BlackBerry is not trying to sell you a bag of goods here. They're not saying we want you to, um, you know, to, to integrate into our ecosystem in some way. We don't want you to start taking all of your notes in, in, in our notes app and sync them between devices because that's not really possible. They don't sell operating systems or they don't sell computers. They, they just have this one thing. And, um, you know, for an IT manager, you have BlackBerry Enterprise Service, but Bez 12 now, it, you know, commands every iOS and Android uh, device, not to mention all of the existing BlackBerry OS and BlackBerry 10 devices. So, this is going to be BlackBerry's major concern, its major roadblock to selling the Priv. It is a great phone. Everything about it, from its design to its usability to its camera to its very, very well-designed Android apps. They they scream that, uh, they, they tell me that this is a company that really wants to make amends. They want to reset the conversation and sell a great phone. 
But everybody sells great phones today, and the phone itself is no longer important enough. And that's what we're seeing with devices like the OnePlus X, like the Alcatel OneTouch Idol 3, like the ZTE Axon, like these, the Moto G. You know, these are three $400 phones, some of them even less, that are doing just as well this year as a six $700 phone was last year. So in 2016, we're going to see that accelerate even more. And the Priv is a $900 phone. It's 700 US, 900 Canadian. It's $400 on contract. This is going to be a very tough sell for BlackBerry. This is going to be a company that's going to need to get the corporations that they still have buying BlackBerry devices to purchase these in bulk to make widespread decisions on how to deploy these phones. Uh, you know, I was listening to the the head of BlackBerry's uh, product management, Michael Cluley, on television last week, and he said that this is a phone that uh, everybody's going to want to use from the Drakes to the Kardashians to the Obamas. And I get that, but this isn't the same as Obama typing away or, or Hillary Clinton or that, you know, that seminal image of Hillary Clinton typing away on her on her BlackBerry. This is just another Android phone. And as much as BlackBerry wants you to think that that keyboard is going to make the difference, it really isn't because the productivity factor is not X percentage better. It's not exponentially better. It's maybe 5% better. And when you have virtual keyboards that do just as good a job, not to mention the fact that BlackBerry's own virtual keyboard on the Priv does such a great job, it sort of wipes out that advantage of the physical keyboard. And what you're left with is a really expensive, really good but not perfect Android phone that can be bested by pretty much every other high-end Android phone out there. So I want this phone to do well. I want BlackBerry to do well. And I really think that it can but the company's going to have to find a way to sell this phone to the regular Android consumer without focusing on the types of things that no longer sell phones, namely security, because I really don't think that security alone will get this off the shelf, nor do I think that for more than a few people, this physical keyboard will get it off the shelf. So that's basically my take on the BlackBerry Priv. Uh, it's available now in Canada uh, and it should be coming to the US fairly soon. It's shipping from shopblackberry.com for 900 US or 900 Canadian, 700 US. Uh, it's available at Rogers, Bell, Telus, Videotron, Wind, whoever you, you buy your phones from. Uh, if you disagree, let me know why. If you think this is gonna be BlackBerry savior, let me know why. I, I, I really hope that, that uh, you're right and I'm wrong in this case. Um, thank you so much for listening. My name is Daniel Bader. This is a review. Uh, if you want to send me an email, I'm daniel at mobilesyrup.com. I am Journey Dan on Twitter, and I'll see you in the next one. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.